So Jerome Powell said at the House Committee in the US overnight that two more hikes was a pretty good guess. Well, will they really lift two more times or is he just talking it up? It's certainly more believable for the Bank of England because inflation in the UK just won't back down. The headline rate as well is below its peak, but it's stalled in its descent and the core rate is rising. Oh dear. That means the Bank of England will certainly raise rates today, but the question is by how much? 25 or 50? It's Thursday, the 22nd of June, 2023. It's the morning call from NAB. Good morning. Well, the US dollar is down almost half percent on the DXY index this morning, thanks to a 0.6% lift in the euro. The Aussie is up 0.2% to 68 US cents. The pound is up just 0.1%. But UK 10-year gilt yields are up seven basis points to 4.4%. Two years are up 10 to 5.04%. That is 36 basis points higher than two-year treasuries in the United States. Aussie 10-year bond yields fell four yesterday, down to 3.98%, then down a further six basis points on futures overnight. And US stocks are down. A lot of that coming from Jerome Powell's testimony, which we'll talk about today, but they just continued sliding. The Dow is down 0.3%. The S&P 500 down 0.4%. The Nasdaq down 1.2%. And the same story in Europe, where the DAX and Eurostoxx 50 were down half percent at close. The FTSE 100 down down 0.1%, while yesterday we saw a 2% drop in the Hang Seng and a 1.5% fall in the CSI 300. And even though, you know, it's clearly concerns about uh, China, oil is pushing back up today, WTI up 2%, Brent up uh, over $77 with a lift of 1.7%. So Taylor Nugent joins me today from NAB in Melbourne. I wonder whether, Taylor, the UK is now sounding warning bells for a number of countries because inflation there clearly doesn't want to come down. The headline rate is stuck at 8.7%. But the real concern is the core rate, isn't it? Because it lifted a bit from 6.8% to 7.1%. And, you know, when when a headline inflation was up at 11.1% in October, so it's come a long way down from that to be at 8.7%. But back then, the core rate was only 6.5%. And here we are at 7.1%. So the real concern is that the inflation count that matters, the inflation read that matters, just doesn't want to stop. It keeps on rising. Yes, good Good morning, Phil. That, that's right. Just no relief to be found in the, the UK inflation data that came out that came out um, yesterday. Uh, so the, the headline rate at 8.7% remaining at, at that level against expectations were a fall to, to 8.4% and that core rate increasing as well. So increasing to, to 7.1% and, and also beating expectations. And, you know, really across the detail there, as you say, you know, the headline rate has fallen from where it was late last year. There's good reason to think that that will continue to fall over the course of, of this year, helped by base effects from large energy prices a, a year ago and the potential for some um, some falls. So that energy contribution could well be turning negative um, as we move through the year. But the concern is, you know, the rest of the basket, that breadth of the inflation pressures and, and that core measure continuing to, to move higher is one indicator of that. Another one is that services inflation has accelerated further as well. So now up to to 7.4%. And so just suggesting that that kind of, you know, where the the BOE's concern has been, where they've been looking for evidence of more persistent inflation pressures, there's there's certainly plenty of evidence for it to be found in in this data with that um, that services component and and that breadth of inflation pressure kind of continuing to, to move higher. 
And food, I mean, is, you know, coming down. But I wonder, you know, how much and how quickly, because uh, that deal for the uh, for the Black Sea Corridor for grain exports from Ukraine, uh, that finishes next month. And it's due for renewal on July the 7th, 17th. There's every chance that Putin is going to say no. Already we've seen it falling apart lately because examinations of ships has been low. So actually, uh, the, the shipments are down about two thirds. I mean, in normal times, Ukraine is the third biggest exporter of cereal in the world. So if we see that stopping, that's going to have an impact on food prices as well. So, I mean, add that to the dilemma faced not just in the UK, but, but across Europe. It's not a happy picture. Yeah, it is a it isn't a happy picture. And you saw, um, you know, the, the Bank of England meets uh, meets today. Um, and, you know, I think, you know, their, their guidance has been conditional that it would take more evidence of, um, you know, more persistent inflation for them to to move higher and you know as i as i said they've they've found that evidence both in this cpi data today and in and in wages data last week as well and so you know 25 basis points is is the universal pick of analysts that was ahead of the inflation data market certainly pricing the risk that the bank of england feels the need to to be even more aggressive in in response to um, the the elevated uh, inflation problem in in the UK market pricing for a fifty basis point hike has moved to about a thirty seven percent chance from just fifteen percent a day prior. So certainly to- toying with that need to be more aggressive, um, and then a peak bank rate of around six percent is is priced by February next year. So that that size of the task for the the Bank of England, given that inflation backdrop, is certainly certainly well priced in in into markets. Um, and I think you know also if you look at the the market reaction, you, we've seen the pound kind of move move lower on in response to this data after kind of an, an initial move higher, and I think that just speaks to the one eye that markets have on the growth implications of all of this with kind of the the more persistent inflation problem requiring a higher for longer monetary policy response and the the flow on effects that that has for uh, for growth as well. And, and you know, the, the Bank of England at their previous meeting revised a, a forecast recession out of their forecasts. We don't get updated forecasts at this coming meeting, but certainly wouldn't be surprising to see in the next forecast update that, you know, return to, to forecasts for, for negative growth put back in. Yeah, because normally you'd expect the pound to strengthen if people felt that they were going to get uh, high yields out of uh, out of UK gilts to be buying them up. But you're saying, well, no, the danger is now everyone's thinking, well, yeah, it's going to tank the economy in the process. So uh, it's uh, so that's a bigger concern than any gains you'll make on, on bond yields. Yeah, yeah. So there's there's that there's that balance that yes, this you know we did see yields move move a bit higher um, in in response to this data. The two year yield um, was briefly up at a, a new cycle high of around five point five point one zero, but did kind of pair losses, but still up around ten basis points on the day. Um, and then you know the UK is still losing um, the the pound still losing a little bit of ground against the euro over the day. So uh, I wonder whether you know other central banks are going to be looking at the situation that that's happening in the UK and thinking you know we we can't ease off. Clearly the Bank of England can't either. But you know this inflation warning in the UK is showing just uh, you know how difficult this thing is to quash. I mean the the circumstances might be different in England. They perhaps started too late. 
but you know, overall, this is a, a global problem, isn't it? I wonder whether other central banks will use this as a as, as a signal that they also need to do more. Yeah, I think I think certainly, you know, beyond beyond the UK, that is that is the implication. You know, we've heard from the RBA that their their decision to to raise rates at their last meeting, a lot of that was centered around the the risk that they're seeing of more persistent inflation and the the evolution of inflation offshore was one of the factors that fed into that. So certainly that kind of cross country comparison, how things are evolving is is something that central bankers are watching. A lot of this is kind of, you know, there's a lot of similarities in the inflation processes in, in a lot of advanced economies at the moment. Certainly for the UK, um, wages growth has been a bit stronger. There's kind of those additional um, supply side headwinds facing the, the UK economy. And so there are some points of difference there that mean that, you know, well, the, the BOE is worried about core inflation continuing to move higher. Other central banks are now at the stage where they're kind of lamenting the slow progress, but at least they are kind of seeing it off of previous peaks. But, you know, as you say, more evidence that this kind of, you know, inflation is has been challenging to, to tame will certainly be getting broader attention than just from the Bank of England. Well, it's certainly uh, the situation in the States, isn't it, where uh, we've seen uh, the stock market taking a bit of a hit after Jerome Powell's testimony to the House Finance Committee. Uh I mean, which is surprising because there weren't really any big surprises coming out of uh, Chairman Powell's mouth, except, you know, he said they've got to do more to fight inflation. Well, we know that. Uh, And he said two more hikes this year would be a pretty good guess. So I guess he was just cementing in that expectation. So maybe that's why the stock market suddenly uh, turned direction and started heading into the red. Yeah, in, interesting reaction to, to Powell's commentary there. As, as you said, kind of stuck fairly closely to his his script in the, the post-FOMC press conference um, earlier, um, noting that, you know, the justifying the the skip pushback against framing it as a as a pause a, a skip in um at the the previous meeting but signaling more hikes to come with that that revision in the dot plot power kind of emphasizing that early in the progress speed was very important but it's it's uh not very important now in terms of the pace of continuing to hike it's more about kind of finding that that level that is more appropriate um, but also noting, you know, again, that reducing inflation likely to require a period of, of below trend growth and, and some softening in labour market conditions. So, you know, fairly fairly similar messaging there. Certainly we did see um, US rates kind of US yields falling a, a little bit through that, um, through his his commentary after after moving higher alongside the um, the UK yields in response to that earlier data and you know to be to be little changed on on the day on net. Um, but but uh, equities a little bit lower on that as well. More broadly, you know, financial markets are, are still kind of discounting that that dot plot that shows Fed participants expect another two twenty five basis point hikes by by year end. Um, so near term market pricing didn't move much in in response to to Powell's commentary. Still about a seventy one percent chance of a, a July hike. So not a, not fully pricing even one more hike uh, by 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 the end of the year um, in the US at the moment in contrast to that um, and there is there is some you know there is some reason for, for them to be discounting the, the Fed commentary I think we also heard from from Bostic that uh, the bar to justify further rate hikes is is higher than it was a few months ago Powell mentioned that you know those forecasts were conditional on the expectations for the outlook for for the economy and, and the inflation data so you know if, if there is that that expectation that inflation might turn out to be to be less persistent than um, than the, the Fed is 
expecting, then you know maybe it is the case that they don't deliver on on those dot plots. Um, but certainly that contrast between what markets are pricing and what FOMC participants uh, say they are they are expecting as a reasonable baseline does continue mm. to persist. So we don't believe them. In other words, we we, <laughs> we do think they're trying to put the frighteners on us, and uh, we don't think they're going to go all the way. Is that is that the expectation? That's that's certainly what's what's baked into to market pricing, and you know you can see you know the fact that the the fact that they've slowed down, you know, how talking about the the speed's not very important. The benefit of moving more slowly is you kind of have t- more time to to assess and and see how things are responding. And so, you know, there is that there is that question there of will they actually deliver on on the on the dot plots uh, of out of the out of the last meeting. Um, but you know, it, it all comes back down to back down to the data, and if they're not seeing that relief on on inflation, or, or more reason to be confident that inflation will will be falling um, quickly back to back to their target, then you know it's going to be hard for them hard for them not to. Um, the other thing that's interesting there, worth noting from Fed speakers overnight, was Bostic just noting that um, a dynamic of what he was calling passive tightening, that kind of as the inflation rate does continue to slow, then the the real interest rate and the real policy rate uh, is is moving higher. And so that's kind of a, a kind of, a, you know, a, a passive tightening process that, that should help um, continue on that disinflation path, even if rates aren't, you know, ratcheting higher meeting by meeting, there's still some passive tightening in the background as inflation mm-hmm. falls. Yeah, and it's certainly as far as QT is concerned. I mean, there's no. I mean, they touched on that as well, didn't they? They said their balance sheet. They're just going to run it down as maturities uh, as securities mature. So they they run off the balance sheet, which is about a trillion a year. Uh, they're not intending to do any more by the sounds of it. Uh, so that I mean, you know, so another bit of no news perhaps there. But the bank. Let's look at the Bank of Canada very quickly because uh, they had their minutes, or as they call it, their summary of deliberations. I love that. I think, uh, you know, RBA should come up with something else, like musings of the RBA board or something like that, rather than just minutes, which sounds a bit dull, doesn't it? So in their summary of deliberations in Canada, uh, they say, to quote, members were of the view that with the resurgence in household spending growth, the pickup in consumer confidence and the slowing in disinflationary momentum, monetary policy did not look to be sufficiently restrictive. I mean, that is clearly black and white. We're going to rise again, raise rates again, isn't it? Uh, it, I think the how much how much forward looking information is in that is a bit of an open question. I think you know if we think about the lead up to that meeting where they did decide to come off their conditional pause, the question was will it be will it be this meeting or will they they take a little bit longer to assess? But the the you know accumulated evidence did seem to be moving in the direction of there was going to need to be more for them to be comfortable. Certainly in in those meetings. Um, in those deliberations, they did kind of conclude that it was preferable to to take the required action and then continue to assess economic developments to guide future actions. So not kind of not explicit guidance there, certainly, but, you know, expectations are that, you know, if if they've come back after after pausing, reassess that, you know, progress on that disinflation is is too slow and maybe it's not proceeding as as quickly as they thought. And they're still seeing a, a, an economy in, in that is clearly in in excess demand, as they called it, um, then, you know, is one twenty five basis point um, hike enough in, in light of that reassessment? Probably not. And as a result, you've got markets pricing, you know, a 75, 71 percent chance of a, a hike at their next meeting. Um, and then. Yeah. Seventy. It's strong, strong um, retail, yeah, strong so retail numbers yesterday as well. Of course, it will have added to that uh, 
that concern about the the economy running a bit too hot for for the bank at the moment. So look here today, New Zealand's uh, balance of trade and credit card spending. We get jobless claims for the US, the weekly number, and existing home sales, which we know are going to be down, or we assume they will. And Jerome Powell gives his testimony to the Senate committee. Uh, I guess he's just going to be saying the same thing to different people, isn't he? And the uh, flash consumer confidence read for the euro area as well. That's all coming up today. Yeah, yeah, that's right. So Powell, Powell speaking again, the Bank of England, obviously, the, the big one as well that we the, we mentioned earlier. And then those um, those initial jobless claims will be, will be worth a, a look as well with the kind of moving higher and kind of a an increase in the continuing claims seen in last week's data as well. So so worth a look at those overnight on the US front. Yeah, 25 or 50, that's the big question, isn't it, for the Bank of England? Uh, it's going to be a worry if it's 50. I think, yeah, worry for the British Prime Minister anyway, because uh, they get uh, they get laid, laid with the blame for this, of course, as people start to see their, uh, their mortgages become uh, rapidly unaffordable. Anyway, we'll leave it there for now. Good to talk, Taylor. Catch you next time. Thanks, Phil. And that's it for me. I'll be back again tomorrow morning for another edition of The Morning Call from NAB. I'm Phil Dobby. See you then. Thanks for listening. <laughs>